So hello and welcome to the Crest of the New Wave, episode 101 of Dropping the X, an unofficial Hunter Hunter podcast. My name is Dame Dr. Foxy Brown, and I am joined by my once and forever co-host, Ed the Crimson. Hey, what's happening, podcast people? Sadly, once again, you know the story. Diego could not be with us. This time he claims there was some sort of natural disaster. I don't know. Never heard of it. I wasn't there. I can't confirm. However... We're going to continue on because we don't need him. Um, we have one piece of somewhat interesting, somewhat business as usual news uh, from uh, issue number 39 and inclusive of issue number 40 of Shonen Jump. Hunter Hunter will not appear in those two volumes. Uh, I guess the editor's note claims that Togashi has its fair backache from constantly being in that position, leaning over his desk, drawing stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Being that, in the last few chapters that were released of Hunter x Hunter, things have definitely been drawn uh, with much detail. Yes. Including a ridiculous amount of uh, breasts. Uh, we can conclude mm-hmm. that, yes, the man has been drawing. It's true. And being in an upright position um, for long periods of time can lead to, among other things, severe backache. So we're going to hope that that's indeed the reason. And it's something that could just be taken care of with some rests and painkillers. And he'd be good to go. Because one would hate uh, in the next... Being that this is episode 143, <laughs> in the next five weeks, uh, the show will be over. Yes. So one would hate to not have anything for us to talk about for extended periods of time. So Yeah, that, that would not be fun. I mean, luckily, we don't get paid for this, and our livelihoods, like... Yes, exactly. ...don't revolve around whether or not Togashi releases a chapter, so... Mm-hmm. We just, we're kind of all going to hold hands and form a prayer circle, and he'll be okay. So, episode... He might be okay. We'll see. It's probably fine. Episode 143, Sin and Claw, uh, is the episode we're discussing here. Uh, it's an episode where some stuff goes down because I found myself like riveted towards the last two or three minutes of the episode. Like, what's gonna happen here? And like, yes. I had chills running up and down my spine, everything. Even though I can't stand the characters and the central focus of this, but it, it seems as though. Um, but you like some of them? Yeah, I, I like a few. It seems as though my previous mm. fears were unfounded. Um, that they could indeed wrap this up. Uh, in four more episodes. Yeah, they're they're that's they're, not a, they're sprinting. That's not a problem. Yeah. Because the, the killer war portion of the story is basically over. Um what this what this episode leads into is a confrontation between um Killua and Illumi. Hisoka we see has killed a large number of people, all with their yes. throats slashed. And he's holding a map in his hands, and he's, like, calling Illumi on the phone. He's like, hey, bro, I took care of some people, and one of them had a map. And if you want, I guess he was going to fax him a copy? Because I don't know what he was going to do with that. I don't know. I guess maybe he was going to, like, take, take a, a picture, picture with the camera phone? Maybe. That's all I could think of. Cause... And, and send him the photo. Mm-hmm. But he's all, would you like a copy? Because I got one. And he's, like, in his head. Oh, but, of course, I'm going to alter this. Um with my abilities. And Illumi's like, nah, I have a map. One of these people was carrying one. Also, even if I didn't have a map, I have a spotter. Um, yeah. And also, fuck you, I know what you got brewing, Jack. <laughs> so yeah. I, I know that you're not truly loyal to me. I, mm-hmm. I got this. So, the two of them sort of leave to continue to follow Killua. And meanwhile, Subone 
is tracking Killerwall. And she's already figured out what ship he's on, and she's all, oh, it's, it's, I can feel someone following me. And she jumps up into a tree to try and look around and see who it is. And she realizes that she can't locate the person um, because they're very far away, but yet they're still able to track her. So there's a little bit of appreciation for that person's tracking abilities. And then she calls Amane, who I don't know if she was on the ground or something. Yeah, I don't know. She's just like Avengers Assemble. And She's like, Amane, get up here. We're going to do some flying. And then like Amane climbs up the tree. And then Subode jumps off the tree. And like Amane jumps <laughs> off the tree after her, like puts on her goggles. Yes. And Subone, of course, transforms into a glider with an engine. Yeah, some sort of and I like that, machine. that yeah. her braids become like the, the steering thing. Yes. So Amane's <laughs> on her back steering. And the narrator explains to us once more that Subone has the ability to transform into any number of different vehicles. However, the vehicles require another person's nen to power it as fuel. Well, we were, we were told that last week, but okay. So they're they're yes. flying behind um, Kilowa, and she notices that it's a very cloudy night. And Kilowa, being as smart as everyone believes that he is, he's going to use the cloud cover sort of to get away from the people that are following him from the ground. So he does that. He rises up into the air. Sabone is like, oh, my child, I've raised you so well. And she follows him up. And that cuts them off from the eyes that were spying on her. She says she no longer feels their presence. And uh, I think we sort of... I believe it cuts back to the Saren group. Okay. They're like, oh man, all our dudes are dying. They must have like this elite army of people. And um, for some reason, Hasoka knows they're talking about this. And he's like, nope, it's just me. Illumi, um, the part before, when he was walking away from the group, he Mm -hmm. had one of his needlemen, one of the dudes that he stuck a needle in before killing him, call the Saren group. And they're like, yeah, this area is is cool. There's no one here. And uh, um, Teradin reports back to Bushidor and Lupe that while Area C has been decimated, Area B is fine. And Lupe and Bujidora are like, yeah, we can't count on that since we know he can manipulate people. It's fairly feasible that he would needle someone up, have them call us, and say, it's all cool, and we think that we have that army that we could rely on to send to Area B. But in actuality, they're not really there. And so Bujidora is like, okay, let me put on my cape. It's time for me to show what I'm worth as the captain of the Saving Group. And he kind of like storms off. He's like, I will show him the meaning of psycho power or something like that. Like he, he shows up to make it do what it do. And Lupe, meanwhile, is, you know, shouldn't we call um, in real association hunters? Because at this point, obviously, the amateurs can't deal with the situation. And Teradine is sort of like, yeah, but I don't want to do that. Because if they, if they don't vote while... Um, we're busy doing this. The voting is going to be invalid. And we're going to have to come back and do this again. And you can see that Lupe has his grandmaster plan. He's like, yeah, but for us to be able to take, um, to buy the time that we need to take control um, of enough votes to win, we need to constantly delay um, the actual voting. Yes. So they call up, ask for association hunters and Pariston is like, oh, of course if you need hunters, we will give you everyone. If that's what you want like, you can make a request of us at any time. That's that's cool. And then he hangs up the phone and he's like, oh, I see what you're doing, trying to invalidate 
um, the elections. And I see he's basically like, I love guys that, like you that are so easy to read um, everything that you're going to do. And I like the way that his voice switches from, I think cause this, this is one of the, the first times we see like his true personality. Yes, yes, where he goes from like happy-go-lucky guy to evil sadist man. And so he he kind of clicks. So I, I love his suit in this situation. And I know that that like there's for once there's been a certain amount of time that's passed. So it it kind of justifies a costume change. Definitely. But I don't think he needs a justification. Like he clearly doesn't care. No, no. I I would love if they show him walking in a hallway, and every time he walks into a different room, he just has a different suit on. <laughs> Like, there's not even a guy showing up with the suits or anything. He no. just, like, matches <laughs> clothes on. Mm-hmm. I like to think that's his men ability. <laughs> love for that to be his men ability. He actually only has one suit. <laughs> he just keeps changing it with his men. So, Teradine had said that the, the cameras and everything had been destroyed, and that's when you cut to Ahsoka, and he's like, nope, it's just me. Because my assumption is that somehow they're broadcasting this, and that's how he heard. Or he's, I don't know, psychic or something. Yes. So, Killua up in the sky has realized that they're sort of close enough to the hospital, and obviously he can't expect to just land this thing on the hospital roof and everything will go according to plan. So he decides that he's going to call for a fleet of cars and they're just going to drive, I guess, 60 or so limousines at the city and they have to guess which one that he's in. So he picks up his phone because, of course, the blimp has a phone and he calls for Goto and it rings a busy I like the blimp ha- that the blimp has like a house phone. Yes. Yeah. Because we don't ever see house phones. Mm-hmm. So he's like, that's weird. And he calls Canary. And he's like, yeah, I've been trying to get a hold of Goto. She's like, yeah, I tried to call him also. But he, I have not gotten any answer. And obviously we know because he's dead. Mm-hmm. And neither of them know that right now. So he says, uh, I can't remember the guy's name. But he says to call. This like it's Hishita? Yeah, and tell him to arrange for a fleet of cars and we'll take on the last phase of the plan, which is going towards the hospital. She's like, okay, cool. And when he's landing the blip, like the car is pulling up at the same time, he's like, nice. Let me park. Just in time. Let me just park this blimp. And he hops out and he goes in the the, the limo. And as soon as he went in, I'm like, wait, you didn't check this dude for needles. What's wrong with you? And yeah, exactly. Because like I felt suspicious right away when they just show everything but the middle of his head. Yep. I'm like, nah, nah. So he says, okay, step on it, get to the hospital. And so she t- drives for a while and then stops. He's like, well, what are you doing? Why are you stopping? He said, there's some people in the road. And you can see the twitching zombie needlemen people. Yes. And he's like, whatever, who cares? They're already dead. Just just drive over them. And, he, and Shita replies, hey, I'm not going anywhere. I'm afraid anywhere. I can't do that, Dave. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere until Illumi tells me to. And he jumps out of the car um, with uh, Aluka. And in jumping out of the car, he's surrounded by a bunch of needle people. And then who should appear from the darkness but the devil himself? Illumi walks out. And Killer was sort of losing it. He's like, there's no way, like, even if he knew exactly where I was going, there's no way he could be here this quickly. And Illumi is basically like, yeah, you need to give Alakud to me, and let's just end this whole thing. 
and he's thinking to himself like i it's come down to this basically i have to bring out nanico uh because otherwise uh i lose and so subone appears with amane and almost immediately alika starts making requests of subone and she asks for the nail from subone's middle finger and Sabone's like, of course, you know, I've got no problem with doing that. That's that's small things. And she rips off her middle finger nail and throws it at Killua, and he catches it, and he's like, okay, nice. I'm glad you showed up because now I can actually do this. And uh, as soon as Alaka like touches the fingernail, um, she makes a request, I think, for the um, the ring finger. Yes. And so she throws it over, and then there's Nanika standing there. So, Illumi basically is like, okay, nice. You have the, the perfect situation set up. Um, here's what you could do. What you could do is you could use Nanika to get rid of all these needlemen and to kill me. And I'll have no problem with that if you promise me that you're going to be the one that um, makes the wish to heal God. Um, basically, so he would avoid that situation where... Um, Killua was going to make a wish and heal gone and then be the next person to make a wish. So yes. that the penalty um, that would be, we presume, because of the Nen on gone, probably thousands of people's lives would be taken on by somebody else and not result in the Zoltic family getting killed. So in Ilomi's mind, forcing this situation is what's going to save his family. That's almost admirable, if not for the fact that he's killed a whole bunch of people to get to this point. Yeah, you know, he's kind of like a horrible murderer. Yeah, but he's also like a dutiful son and all of that. And Sabone realizes that the person that's been keeping watch on her has actually been Kikyo back home on the mountain. Because um, through her visor, I guess, mm -hmm. she can see through Sabone's scope. And you see Illumi's got his his phone and he's getting the video feed and he's like, Yep, you guessed it. Uh, you've basically been my spy this whole time. So Killua realizing that Illumi pretty much has him over the fire at this point, um, where he has to decide between killing his brother and saving his friend. And he sort of takes the middle of the road. Um, decision, which of course works out um, as we see it, but you also see Hisoka behind her. Hisoka is who is terrible. He's a terrible man. His yeah, Hisoka is Hisoka in. Hisoka's yeah. behind a tree. Like, hmm, what do I do in this situation? He's like, do I kill Alaka and have Killua pissed off at me, or do I kill Killua and have Illumi pissed off? Like, do I let Alaka get away? Basically, which is gonna piss off Illumi. He's like decisions, decisions, and he finally comes to like the middle ground. He's like, I know what I could do. I could um, kill Alaka, piss off Killua, and I kill. Um, I think. Kill Alaka, then he'll get to fight Killua. Then he'll get to kill Killua and get the fight. Illumi. and then Illumi, and hopefully wipe out all three of them. And he's like, yes, this is the best plan. Uh, because he had a he had a middle of the road plan there where he like mm -hmm. he lets um, Alakin get away, he'll go and um, and then kill 
Illumi, where he just kind of, he's like, I don't really get anything out of the whole status quo situation. Yes. Or, so, or at least not right away, because he still okay. has to wait for Gon to recover. Or it was like, let yeah. Killua and Alaka kill Illumi, in which case he doesn't get to fight Illumi. Yep. But Gon is kind of healed, but it's whatever at that point, because he, he lost out on his toy, that is Illumi. Yes. And as he's sitting there, like, letting his, his evil Nen waves waft over everybody, um, Killua turns to Alaka and is, um, like, Nanika heals Subone's um, left hand. And so Nanika's like, okay, and it, like, toddles over to Subone stretching its hands out, and Sabonis just like, what is even going on here? And Killua tells you, no, it's cool, just stick your hand out. And she sticks out her hand, and then Alaka heals it, and it turns to Killua and says, uh, Killua, would you pat my head? And then Killua's like, sure, always. And he pats her head, and then she passes out. And he's like, so, what happens with healing, um, since Nanik is really good at breaking things but not good at fixing them, it has to be really close in order to touch the person to heal them. And after healing them, it uses up so much energy that it always passes out right away. And it's like basically, as you could see, the demand right after healing Subone was just for its Alaka's head to get padded. So it doesn't ask for anything like anybody's life or organs or anything like that after healing somebody. It's um, it's usually a benign demand. So Illumi is like, okay, I can accept this for now, but I'm going to make you tell me all of the rules. Because it's obvious, he, he had this fifth rule for Miluki that the same person can't make a wish twice. But he's like, obviously, um, that rule probably doesn't apply to you, and there has to be more rules to it. And I'm going to make you tell me everything. Yes. And Killua in his head is like, no way am I going to tell you everything. Um all the rules that go with Alaka, because if I do, you and the family will definitely put needles in my head again. Uh, because the, the implication, of course, is that Killua more or less has the ability to control Alaka. And if they can control him, they can control... Then they control the her, they can control the world, yep. something like that. A lot like that. Mm-hmm. So we see um, the cut back to Tyranny in where he's making sort of a video announcement. And he's saying that right now, we as Saren group, um, after Bushidora's untimely death, have aligned ourselves with Moral, who you know from participating with Natero in ending the Chimera Ants. Like, he's going to become our new captain, and everything's going to be cool. And so please, continue to vote for us, and all of that. And then, like, right after that video announcement airs, uh, Morales calling him and he's chewing him out. He's like, look, did you not watch the video when they were uh, talking about all the people who received votes? He's like, I'm a sea hunter. I can't help you out on the land. It just so happened that um, with the plan that we used for the Chimera Ants, I was perfect for that plan. That yeah. doesn't mean that I'm a strong dude. Like, trying to use me to get votes isn't going to work out in your favor. And he's like, plus, you guys threatened to reveal the name, face, and abilities of the person that's going around killing hunters. Like, that's not that's not a good look. Like, he's definitely... You're gonna get more people killed. And while they're on this phone, having this conversation, you see Hisoka walk into the, the Hunter Association building. He goes up to floor number eight. And you see him open the door with the Joker card. 
And then while Moral is yelling at um, Teradine, you see his blood is like leaking onto the phone. Yes. And Moral is like, I'm having this. And he's like, <laughs> he slams Fuck you, I'm out. Which is like the, the most messed up because not only was he murdered, he also got hung up on. Yep. So th- that situation pretty much resolves itself with uh, Illumi being satisfied with the explanation Killer was given. Um, Hisoka has withdrawn himself from the situation by basically killing the last people that knew he was involved in it. Yes. And so what we're, what we're left with is the rest, basically, of the vote. And I like the beginning where they had to... And I skipped over this entirely. But at the beginning, they had a little... Uh, comment or two from all of the top eight people in the runoff and i love hate that jin just put his stuffed panda there instead of making a speech um lin or derv like is sleeping um the the little nurse girl doctor girl who had the um the surgical mask is like uh thanks guys for voting for me but please stop and she's so adorable that you can tell no one's going to stop. Yep. Uh, Sacho is basically like, I don't really have any intention of being the chairman, so you guys should just vote for somebody else. And in the interest of keeping things fair, I'm not going to tell you who that is, but the implication is basically don't vote for Pariston. Mm-hmm. So. And I think the the cutie hunter chick was there. Yeah, she's, she said that um, everybody was going to vote for her. Pariston has assured me that... We're going to have the cutest or whatever hunter organization with him in charge. So go ahead and vote for him. And at the end of the episode, when they get the the 95% runoff, the top four um, are Paraston, Leorio, Cheadle, and Ms. Eistom. So proceeding into the next episode, the next round of voting um, for the hunter organization head is going to be between those four. Yeah, and I guess uh, that's the episode, right? I guess we have the preview where we see some stuff going down. Preview that I didn't watch? Yeah. Yeah. We have the preview. I don't remember. Good. Excellent. Fantastic job. We're Mm -hmm. the best. Yep. Best show. Best show. So, um, in terms of this episode, I don't even know how do you feel is the best question. I just... To me, um, although I don't remember any of the fights sort of being drawn out um, in the manga, but it, it's kind of a letdown in a way. Because I know that the saving group is weak. Obviously, morale echoes that. But we see Bushidora, like leave to fight off Hisoka. And then the next time we see Hisoka, like, Bushidora's hat is on the ground. And it's obvious that he's dead, but we don't really get to see what happened to him. Yes. We just assume Ahsoka murked the crap out of him. Yeah, I mean, because he's worthless. As per norm, yeah. Uh, and he's a loser. I, I don't know what happened to Lupe. Yeah. I assume he tried to kick Push away, but was murdered horribly. Or we assume he left to go pursue his dreams of being a rapper. Yes. He was like, you know what, fuck this hunter shit. Nope. Be a rapper. His plan's not working out. I thought it was going to, but then things just went horribly, horribly wrong. Yep. So, the Serum group is eliminated completely from voting. Um, we're left with the two favorites, 
the most responsible person, and then Zystorm, who I don't feel like he has any real interest in no. running the Hunter organization. Um, thankfully, Jin was eliminated because nobody. Yeah, nobody wants Jin. No one really wants Jin. I don't even know how he has friends, honestly. Neither. Nobody really. No one truly likes him. He must live a really lonely existence. Yeah, and the uh, the person that did is dead. So yeah, this. Like, I kind of wonder if like there are other hunters or friends that would, like would just hang out with Kite and be like, dude, why do you? <laughs> like, <laughs> I get, I get that he was your teacher, but like, you know, he's a dick, right? Do you realize that the. The fact that you have to constantly beg him to teach you stuff is kind of manipulative and abusive, and your relationship's not really that great. You know that he basically, like, vanished on you, and it's like, ha-ha, if you want to be a true hunter, you have to find me. That's your last test. And meanwhile, he's probably just off somewhere getting drunk. Yes. So, it's pretty much, he's up there for the worst guy ever. Mm-hmm. And also, is a deadbeat dad. So, hey. On top of all of that. Um, so we're kind of left with what's my favorite part of of this arc, and trending towards the series in general, um, is the interplay between the Zodiacs and the different uh, factions within the Hunter organization that they represent. Uh, we've, we've kind of been told that Parastone is evil, and we shouldn't trust him, and nobody should want him to be leader of the Hunters, but we've ne- we ha- as of now... They've never said anything concrete as to why we shouldn't trust this dude. So I think coming up in the next... Like, all we've seen is that they hate him. No, um, all we've seen is that we, he hate... Like, nobody likes him, even though he's, like, he was vice president. He's only, he's only there because Netero, Netero put him there. Yeah, I mean, like, they've, they've said that basically of everybody, he's the most like Natero, and which is why Natero wanted him around and all that, even though he's probably plotting to kill him the whole time. Yes. Um, but they've always been at odds with this idea that Pariston is the true heir to Natero's wishes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, it, it will be interesting going forward to see um, reasons why the group hates him. Uh, if Jin hates somebody, that's not a good enough reason. Like, Jin is a terrible man, so someone that he hates could possibly be the best guy ever. Um, so, yeah. I can't... At- I can't take his word. <laughs> so, looking forward um, towards Gon finally getting healed, the storyline finally being dead in the ground of... Um, Killua and the adventures of his gender ambiguous sibling, um, and the the Zoldic family is it was a good look into, I think the psychology of the Zoldic family of how they work, um, of the fact that they allow family members to go on missions of their own volition against each other, as long as nobody gets killed from the family. It doesn't matter if the butlers die, because mm-hmm. he was just like, so kill all the butlers and bring me Killua's head. Or whatever. Yeah, I think that's about it. So, um, I do remember really liking how this all played out in the manga, and so definitely. I, yeah. And I remember when I was reading the manga, I was not expecting him to heal Sabone at all. No, I don't think anybody was. Is no. that really? 
of everything that we knew uh, going in, I, didn't, I mean, without even knowing that you can't make two wishes in a row thing, mm-hmm. you don't really have, like, Illumi's not a good big brother. Like, Illumi's... <laughs> oh, Illumi's, like, if you kill me, I'll live on in your heart forever. Like, no. I'm pretty sure he... He, he hates you. And sparing Illumi's life, even if it was some weird family politics thing, and he had figured mm. out, like, if I kill him... That's breaking the severest of rules. That's going to put a bunch of restrictions on my movement and pretty much won't work out in my favor. But still, like, even with all of that, even because um, Subone and Amane, Ayame, whatever, Amane is there. So they can witness that basically Illumi is trying to kill me. Yeah. And should I kill him, it's basically in self defense and everything will be cool. Um, but no, he decides to, to show off um, Alka's powers, and, and that's another example, even though it's it's not really a combat example, but it's another example of the way that the characters in Hunter x Hunter tend to think. Um, and resolve issues outside of fighting. Right. They, they tend to come up with solutions that will benefit more people than just them. It, they seem to think long term most of the time um, I, this particular situation seems different but he wasn't really thinking long term here it's just no, not really. I want to get away from Illumi and the best way possible is for him to decide that um, Alaka is not a threat right now and that's why he revealed um, this healing ability and it, it also sort of reveals the, the paranoia of the Zoltec clan the fact that they, um, Kikyo made Subone wear the glass, the monocle, so she can't take that off, even if she'd wanted to. And I thought she was gonna just punch herself in the eye. Yeah, I thought that was gonna happen, but. So she, when she lifted up her hand, I thought that's what she was doing, and then it mm-hmm. just is like no. Um, and of course, Killua got a way out of it, but he's headed towards the hospital. Amana is just going to drive him straight there. There's no le- no more need for subterfuge or any of that. Um, so, Gon's healing is now a matter of which episode do they choose to put it in, unless oh no, this B plot is taking over the A plot, kind of thing. Yes. So I mean, there's not much left. So. Because, I mean, uh, I did see the preview. Yes. And it's the preview's pretty much focused on the election part. So it's possible we might have a mostly election episode. It's about time. Yeah. So, again, from the from the very beginning, because um, when, we, when we first started the show, um, we weren't that far away from here. Um, we, were, no. we were towards the end of, of the the ant arc and as we continued he quickly wrapped that up started the election arc and going forward especially after it already concluded I always thought that this was the best position to end the show so I'm kind of glad that they didn't take the easy way out and end it after the Camara ant arc um, because this is pretty much written as we'll see you next time kind of thing so I'm looking forward to seeing what people's overall thoughts of the show are going to be once it's over. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see that, especially because, I mean, the way it ends is pretty neutral. Yep. So. It's almost as though Togashi sat there and were like, they're going to make an anime for this, and I don't really want to finish it. 
So let me just write in a perfect anime ending and sort of buy myself time. Yes. Until I get interested in trying to develop some kind of like crazy politics manga. Yep. While my um, while my agent argues with the jump people, so I can do this foolishness that I actually have planned out. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like probably half of it, half of him being gone is just them like, no, stop, <laughs> can't do this. This is for children. Do you not know who our audience is? <laughs> yes. And he clearly got into a fight. And that's how they <laughs> with the editors, his... and that's they, they smashed his back in. <laughs> so now he used to take a break. Yes. So um, that about concludes this episode, um, episode 101. Technically, I believe we are more or less recording this episode right now on our third anniversary. So even though the episodes that I released today, we thank you for the three years, I'd just like to say it again. Thank you to those of you that listen to us, those of you that liked us on Facebook and don't actually listen to us. Um, Thanks for giving us what felt like support. I appreciate that. You didn't have to do that. I appreciate the illusion. Yes. Um... Every now and then, it's good to live as though, you know, people love you. So, uh, we'll be back again next week because there's still anime. So, that's not in doubt for now. Yes. Um, So, as long as real life doesn't get in the way, we will be here, damn it. Right. And we promise that we won't make up fake um, natural disasters so that we can avoid recording. Though we might have to concerning the weather. Yeah, I mean, if if there are hur- <laughs> if there are hurricanes, you know, there are hurricanes. Yeah. What can anyone do about that, no. other than create a weather machine, and control hurricanes, which is my life's goal. But a really lazy life's goal that I'm not actually working towards. Like, eh. I mean, it's good to have almost ambition. I know, right? It's it's yeah. good to see things and think it would be awesome if I had one of those, but then do no work towards it and just Definitely. just hope that at some point some scientist creates it and then I can steal it from them. Yes. They just drop it off at your house. And like, right. It's like, you don't really need this. Like Creating it was just a vanity, vanity project. Like, yes. I really need this. I just, you know, I was just really in this for the uh, <laughs> the Nobel Peace Prize. You know, here you go. I don't actually want it. Alright, so if you want to send us an email, uh, the email address is hxhpodcast at gmail.com. We will do our best to answer your questions with the plethora of knowledge that we have of the Hunter Hunter uh, manga and anime. If you want to visit our website, our website is droppingthex.com. Or if you want to find us on Facebook at Twitter or Twitter, you can do that at hxhpodcast. So for real this time, thank you guys for listening. Uh, be sure to hit us up so we can feel as though there's someone out there listening to us for the past three years. So we'll see you guys next week. Good. See ya. Okay, that sounds like a question. <laughs> All right. <laughs>